Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Foolishly Faithful, a Mets podcast. The date is Friday, April 21st, and we are in the midst of the Mets road trip out west, the first of them. Um, and we will talk about today the Scherzer suspension for his sticky stuff, allegedly, um, a recap of the week, and some of the roster moves made by the Mets. So to kick us right off, we're going to jump to Steve, who can give us a quick recap of what happened with Max Scherzer and um, the sticky stuff that has got him suspended. Steve? Yeah, it was quite the show uh, the other day. So Max went out there in the second inning. He was apparently told by the umpire and crew, specifically Phil Cuzzy, that his hand was a little sticky and that he had to go back and wash it off, which he did. And they told him, hey, we're going to check you next inning too. So just beware of that. Um, so he pitched the second inning. Everything was okay. He came back out for the third inning, and apparently it was sticky again. Um, Phil Cuzzy even went so far as to put his hand, like to put Scherzer's glove on his own hand, which, you know, I think uh, Ron mentioned in the booth that he would personally not have been very happy about if an umpire decided to put his hand in his glove. Feels intrusive. It it does feel intrusive. I, I don't know. Um, I, like I've never seen things, that before. Like you don't touch a man's glove. Yeah. And you definitely don't put your hand inside a man's glove. Yeah, yeah. And then um he so the determining that his glove was also too sticky, um, he made Scherzer go back into the clubhouse, get a, wash his hands again and get another glove. According to Scherzer, he washed his hands with alcohol, which is how you get resin off, rosin off, which for all my um smoking friends know that is also how you clean a bowl. <laughs> resin and week. rosin. Happy 420, everybody. <laughs> Um, oh, mentioning uh, that, like even uh, the booth gave us a shout out last <laughs> night. <laughs> that, that that was pretty great. That, that was pretty great. Gary Gary did give us a shout out for it being four twenty. I really thought Keith would have been the one like pushing that, but I, Gary really surprised me. I'm surprised that Gary was the proponent of that. Well, Keith had like a history with uh, being in trouble with substances. That's I feel fair. like I feel like he's wisened up at this point to you know not talk about such taboo things. That, that's a really good point. Um, so to continue with the illegal substance we were talking about, um, the after the third inning and he was forced to switch gloves. Also, I don't know if you saw the, the clip on that, but because he's kind of threw that glove in Scherzer's chest a little bit hard for my liking. I don't know how Scherzer felt about it. That was so aggressive. You just like take your glove. Like let's let's keep playing. Like Scherzer was there with a smile on, and and Cousy did not not have anything to do with that. Was that before um, Scherzer started getting like worked up? Because I know that like I didn't see it personally, but I remember you telling me, Steve, that Scherzer was very animated when this was happening. So yeah, was that no, before he, the was that before the glove got uh, forced into his chest? No, he he was he was a little miffed that he was being told to change his glove to begin with. So he he was already a little hot coming into that third um, that exchange. That's definitely not gonna get. That's not gonna help getting your chest yeah. uh, well thrown back at you. Um. So after that, uh, the fourth inning came, Wax washed his hands again in front of the MLB, um, according, at least according to Max, in front of the MLB uh, representative, again with alcohol and water, and he re-rosined up, and he went back out there for the fourth inning, and they told him it's too sticky again. Um, you know, I, this was not specifically said, but my guess with how much leniency they were giving, that they probably told him to go wash off again, and he was just say, you know, adamant that it was just rosin, and... He was obviously heated with the umpire for a while, and eventually they threw him out. 
I actually was originally not sure if they threw him out because of the sticky stuff or because he was so heated with the umpire that they just had enough of it. Um, but they did confirm it was for the sticky stuff. And as we all know, he's received a $10,000 fine as well as a 10 game suspension. Um, he has, it's according to what he said, he will not appeal the suspension. Um, he did mention that if it was going to be heard by a third party arbitrator he would have appealed it but since the mlb is going to have their own arbitrator he said it's not worth it uh that is not going to be fair anyway um and the interesting thing about this is we saw this um just the other week with a yankees starting pitcher domingo herman had a same similar situation where he was told he had to go wash his hands then the uh the twins manager got a little heated and thrown out because he was allowed to stay in there um and just wash his hands of it so to speak. Um, like, I'm a little curious though, because I know if like you use rubbing alcohol, like on like your skin, it dries your skin out. So potentially washing his hands three or four times with, with alcohol. I know that gets off the sticky stuff, but it's going to leave his hands completely dry and probably more tacky when you do rosin up. Like, I wonder if like that plays a factor. Yeah, it actually that that was um I don't know if you watch like John Boy, he's just some guy and he like does a lot of lip readings and like good breakdowns of some of these like videos and altercations. And like you can see Scherzer's yelling like um it's rosin, it's rosin. And like there's an interview with Scherzer that Scherzer just went on and like he's like, Yeah, like alcohol makes it stickier to some extent. Like, yeah, it takes it off. It, it removes all the moisture from your hands. So whatever you touch next, mm-hmm. rosin or bubblegum, it's <laughs> Your hands are going to take take that. Yeah, I think it's really because they told him to use alcohol and he did. And then a side effect of that is that actually like your hands just get a little stickier. So that's I really think it's just them that they just made him use alcohol and that made it stickier. And then that sucks because it's his hands were so sticky, stickiest hands I've seen all year, which is <laughs> my my thinking is. How do you quantify this? Like, how do you how do you judge? Where, there's got to be, in my opinion, there's got to be an impartial way to judge stickiness. There's got to be an impartial way to actually call this. You can't just do all oh, this umpire. Oh, it feels stickier. Last time I saw sticky hands like that, I was fourteen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Ray. <laughs> I think the thing that I mean, the, the whole situation is so mangled, right? Because he's doing what the MLB rep asked him to he's doing what the umpire told him to he's using a substance that is cleared by MLB um and they still have all these complaints they want to see his glove and it seems like no one knew what they were doing and he, he's getting tossed for something that's kind of like an arbitrary measure of of stickiness so it, it it's it's a whole it's a whole like mess and I, it, I I can't believe they gave him the whole 10 game suspension it's really crazy so that I mean that is a, a a good point about like he's doing what they told him to do but what came out with this and it's something that i didn't know before this whole altercation was that their rosin is the only legal substance you can use on your hand right with sweat you can mix it with your own sweat a little bit um but apparently too much rosin like if you use it in excess is does count as an illegal substance and that's what they're saying he did it seems like uh the issue is and i think you already alluded to it eric is and david what is too much there's no defined term they give him a bag of it on the back of the mound they give it to him in the dugout that they're allowed to use what's too much we don't know um obviously 
Phil Cuzzies felt that Scherzer's use was too much. Uh, but it has also come out this week that, you know, this is the third time that someone's been bounced from a game since they started checking these hands. And every single time it's been Phil Cuzzies that'd be the umpire that tossed them. Um, that to me shows that he probably has a higher stand, a lower standard, I guess, on what's sticky. Um, and he's ready to throw people out before other umpires, maybe. But there there needs to be some kind of standard. And I think that Oral Harshizer on the Dodgers broadcast when this was happening said it the best that if we're getting to the point where we're throwing Max Scherzer out of a game, we need to reevaluate how we're doing things. Um, this is from the Dodgers broadcast. So, yeah, Scherzer is a gamer, and it's I mean, Steve, I think you shared the the chart of his of his spin rate through the past three starts, and nothing changed. Like I like I don't I don't think Max Scherzer is using sticky stuff. You know, his fastball got more spin on it, and that's the one that's supposed to not have any spin. Right. When his, you cur- his curveball stuff. went down as what well, uh, yeah. from the from the start. Right. So clearly yeah. it's something that is not um it's not very measurable. And it's I think it's pretty clear he's not using it for some illegal advantage. I, I don't know about you guys, but do we really watch the games to watch curveballs and like people hit dingers? Like we watch it for the ump show. I want to see the ump make crazy calls and like call knock people out of the game like come on like team phil cuzzy i'm gonna get a phil cuzzy daughter's uniform next heard it here first i I think you're right it's time we get out of the way and let the umpires you know run the show already no but also like just like interesting point to like against the pitchers i don't know if it's a pitch clock thing but i at least what german um herman like uh, the yankees said is that the pitch clock now makes things a lot faster. So they use the rosin in the dugout as opposed to on the mound just to speed things up. So it is also interesting is sure everyone is allowed to use rosin in what quantity is too much. I don't know, but also you can use the rosin and don't use the bag that's sitting out for you that you each get your own bag. It's not even like they have one universal bag. So they both have different bags of whatever quantity and sweats that they're using. And then it's let's just apply it on your own in the dugout without anyone watching you. Like, it seems like there's a lot of variables here. There's a lot of subjectivity to this. Very odd. Well, I, I definitely agree with some of that point. It seemed very... <laughs> Sorry, bad. I went a lot, a lot through a lot out there. But, you know, you're totally correct with the change to the pitch clock rule. You know, it changes a lot of these pitchers' routines, like strategies, and if... You know, you have to rosin up in the dugout before you get to the mound because, you know, you're trying to shave off four or five seconds off of each pitch. You know, who's to say, like, you don't over rosin or something like that. Like, it does, like, every little thing with these new rule changes this year plays a factor that, you know, we're not going to see at first glance. You know, when you deep dig deeper down, you know, there's going to be little nuances that play factors into one another. And then going back to what Steve was saying real quick. Yeah. Like I Scherzer, isn't he like the head of like the players association? Absolutely. And I I think that might've factored into why he was willing to go so far to kind of prove a point as this, like he's the union rep. Maybe he's doing, you know, maybe he's willing to let himself get thrown out of a game and suspended because he wants to highlight this for the rest of the players. Maybe that's a little tinfoil hat, but. No, I, I feel like that's potentially why he's not, you know, arguing it like yeah like there are factors of it not being a fair trial with MLB providing the you know the judge and whatever 
but I think it's, you know, him trying, you know, I'm going to take it on the, on the chin because I represent 500 to a thousand other men on the field. And if they're going to treat, hold me to this standard, I want it, you know, done properly. Yeah, yeah, I think there's I, some he wants to have some some due diligence to the process, but also at the same time show that the whole thing's a little weird. Um and I think I think he's also trying to do that when he's making a statement like that you were saying, Steve. If it was uh, a neutral third party arbiter, he would maybe go through with it, but oh it's MLB's guys, like I'm not doing that. Like that's I know it's I already have the card stacked against me and I'm not gonna even involve in the process. I'll just take a suspension and that's my statement on it. Maybe it's time we move to a tacky ball. You know, maybe we stop rubbing Delaware River mud on our ball and letting it dry out and get dusty with dried mud and actually use a standardized sticky ball and not allow pitchers to have anything. Case yeah, closed. Who's problem money, solved. Who's making money off of this mud that like they have this exclusive secret mud it's from insane. some farm on, in the Delaware? Like, you know, somebody's, you know, get, coming out on top from this. So question, the World Baseball Classic just happened. Baseball is pretty large around the world. What They don't have this problem anywhere else except the Major League Baseball? Like, why not? Like, don't they all use the same ball? So I can't speak for every country, but I know Japan uses a different ball than us. Uh, it is slightly smaller, but also I think that's partly because the average size of a hand in Japan is smaller than the average size of the hand in America. It's just – it's statistics it's hard to grip a ball that's a little bigger um and also it's it's tacky they actually use a sticky ball uh their ball does have more texture whereas we use a smoother less tacky ball i was thinking about um my the guy on the japan national team who i really liked um the 21 year old roki sasaki who when he was pitching it was between every pitch he was putting rosin on his hand and when he threw the ball it would like you'd see this cloud of smoke explode out of his hand and I mean, I'm not sure what ball they were using in the World Baseball Classic, but um, right. I mean, if if other professional baseball leagues across around the world are are more accustomed to using a tacky ball, and it just makes and like I I don't know what the rise of practices are over there, but yeah, I, I kind of like that idea, Steve, of just let's just move to a better ball, and we can definitely engineer it, right? It's not like that's why there's something lost. that we're falling behind on. There's got to be some some covert Delaware mud river operation going on there's someone someone's in someone's pocket supplying this weird mud um i, I think pedro martinez on mlb network did like live or you know, i know they're taped live but he sat there on the camera took a bag of rosin and sweat and his own sweat and showed how sticky he can make his hand just by using that and like he shook, got up close to the camera and like pinched his fingers together and you can see his fingers sticking together and like substance, like kind of like stretching out like cheese on his hand, almost like yeah. he's showing, you know, you hear the crinkling of it going yeah. back and forth. It, yeah. I, it's pretty I clear that I'm you can get pretty sticky from rosin. And if it is a problem of there's a limit to how sticky you're allowed to go, then we need to quantify that somehow. It can't just be up to each umpire or it can't just be up to Phil Cuzzies. Cause again, he's the only one who decided to throw anybody out for this so far. So I, 
I I was looking this up and I was looking if there were some hard numbers to put to this. I don't know. I I I you know math and engineering and I was like, there's got to be a way. There's like a tool or press something into your hand and get like a sticky. Are you a seven? I don't know what units this is. Like I don't know how do you quantify stickiness. Like units oh, you're stick. a four. Yeah, you're a four units of stick. You're okay, but like six is too much. Like <laughs> I don't know, but like it's basically viscosity. It's basically like you know the, the flow of it which like i don't know like the viscosity it doesn't matter the, the specifics of it but like all, probably negligible but it could be affected by like temperature and pressure and whatnot which also is like doesn't make sense and there's no tool to just like point pointing at your finger and just get an actual number reading it's but right, like happen west coast like maybe the high temperatures yeah like you could get, yeah exactly so but there's no tool regardless there's no tool that you could just poke your hand and say oh like that's the stickiness of your hand right now. Like I don't know, Steve. We were talking before. You want to share your genius idea? Because I'm all for it. Like <laughs> it, I think it's this a pretty is... low tech idea. It's you know you put a piece of paper on the person's hand and let them put put their palm face down on the floor. And if the paper sticks to their hand, it's too sticky. I don't know that paper is the right thing to use, but it's it it seems like a pretty simple and very visible test that we can all see at the same time. And it can be uniform. You can use the same weight paper or whatever you need to use. It, it seems how, pretty easy to fix. How about something slightly heavier than a piece of paper? Something universal enough. So how about a baseball? How about <laughs> they stick their hand and just put their palm? And if a baseball sticks to your palm, then it's too sticky. If you're not gripping it and it falls to the ground, you're good. I mean... That sounds so simple. That's so easy to quantify. That's visual for all the fans. You're, they don't even tell you what's going on if you're at the game. The umps like don't share. Like we're your fans in the stadium. They don't tell you what happened. They don't tell you like why things happened the way they did, which is crazy. Like if you could just this nice big screen that Steve Cohen bought, put a baseball in your hand and show it like stick to your hand. Like that's pretty damn clear. On the the screen, City Field, it's a big close up of the ball hanging off someone's hand and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> the baseball oh, falls. Do it, He's clean. do it in between innings. Like, you know how they push the truck or, you know, they do like the home run <laughs> cannon. Be like, we'll do the rosin bag challenge. <laughs> the five people line up. Like, who, who can keep a baseball five, stuck to their hand the longest? Step on up. You're doing the rosin challenge. Man, Joe Musgrove's never going to be allowed in City Field again. Oh, mm. man. <laughs> Too much of an advantage. I, th- I think... You know, and Scherzer made also made that similar point that you did, David, that the ball and rosin and sweat reacts differently when you're in Florida summer or spring in New York or summer in LA or you know in Texas where it's dry. You know, everywhere is different and the elements are just gonna That's play Rondo. a factor in that. What um, about Rondo? <laughs> what about what? It's also like a completely different climate than half the other baseball stadiums. Where is I'm sorry, Toronto, like up north, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, <laughs> there's got to be a way to measure how sticky something is without going crazy. And I mean, at the end of the day, we'll never know for sure whether what Scherzer had in his hands um, and what the umpires felt and saw. Um, I choose to believe Scherzer. His account of things was very convincing. Um, you don't usually swear on your children's life when you're lying. At least, you know, most people wouldn't. 
Uh, he's a gamer and a crazy person sometimes, but he, he seems pretty upfront and legit. I, I believe his account of things. Um, but unfortunately, we will never know for sure. Yeah, like seeing his reaction completely different than like, you know, Garrett Cole's reaction when they called him out for things. You know, Scherzer's animated and, you know, sitting there to fight to, to the, you know, to the end. And I think I remember like, Gary Cole was like questioned about everything. He kind of like buckled under the pressure of the interview. Yeah, I remember that. I, it was it was a Zoom. I remember it being a Zoom press conference, and someone asked about the sticky stuff, and he just went, "Um, well, you know, I, I don't really know." But I think that's also just Gary Cole, <laughs> Gary Cole's personality. That was might have been the worst interview I've ever seen. Like I, that was horrible. He basically like admitted he's like I, I don't know what to to say. Like I don't know how to answer this. Like obviously, like that would that if anyone hasn't seen that, like I think that was the worst interview I've seen in yeah top three. Yeah, I, after asked the question, he's probably I think he spent seven or eight seconds of literally just like staring dumbfoundedly at the screen and not answering or saying anything. And then basically stammered through the next minute of trying to not answer the question. It was bad. That being said, he, he's having a phenomenal year this he's year. I hate to admit it. He is. I hate to admit I, it, but I completely agree, Ray. He is absolutely rolling. And it's, um, you know, now that Jacob DeGrom is no longer a Met, Garrett Cole has a real uh, argument for being the best pitcher in New York, as much as I hate to admit it. Yep. Yep. Maybe we just need to get Joe Cuzzy to rep on some of his games. We'll see uh, if he gets called out. <laughs> All right, so I think we've had enough of this sticky conversation. Um, shall we move on to a little recap of the, the Mets as a whole, perhaps, um, and the fantastic week we've had out They play games all this week other than the Scherzer game? They did. We, <laughs> we played seven, six other games, um, and we won five of them. So we've had a pretty good week. That was pretty good. Um, so to start, the Mets were in Oakland um, at the – the Oakland A's Coliseum, which does not have a sponsor, <laughs> you know, it's just a, it's just a depressing concrete behemoth. Um, the Raiders don't play there anymore, so it's really just this enormous concrete structure that holds just the Oakland Athletics and their empty, empty, empty seats. Yeah, as great as the Coliseum in Oakland is, I think everybody loves that place. Um, it seems like. They might not be there for too much longer. Didn't Oakland buy a bunch of property out in Las Vegas? That's Some right. speculation the, uh, that there's a move in the future? The, the news came out yesterday that they have signed a binding agreement to purchase a large tract of land just outside of Las Vegas. 200 acres or something? Maybe more? I, something I enormous. Yeah. I don't I don't know land metrics. <laughs> <laughs> Some amount of square feet will where a stadium will be built. But yeah, we, we did get to Oakland just as they were removing the name from the stadium. Uh, they announced the um, their sponsors announced that day that they were pulling out of their sponsorship deal with them, and um, yeah, the Rays decided to hold a walkathon to try to raise some money. The A's, the A's, the, the, <laughs> hey, the A's. I'm sorry, so the, the A's. Yeah, we definitely A's. did not play the Rays. Uh, the, the, the Rays are doing very well, so it's it's hard to understand why you wouldn't mention them. But yes, the first game, um, we. We won seven, 17 to six. Second game, we won three to two. Next game, we won four to three. Um, and I think one of the interesting facts from this series um, was that even though we got out hit 27 to 22, we did outscore the, the A's 24 to 11. A lot of walks. Um, 
lot there's a of lot walks. of walks, especially in that first game. Um, the A's put a lot of our men on base, and and we had some timely hitting, which is what we've been waiting for all year. Sanger uh, started that game. Senga did start the game, gave a few, gave up some runs, but um, as he did last night against the Giants, but he's been getting the run support and has and is three and zero on the year. Nice, nice. It was I, interesting I actually because he gave up runs in innings after the Mets scored a lot of runs, and I think the like sitting on the bench for a long time really affected him. And it really happened the same way last night in uh, San Francisco, where they he after the Mets scored five and put up a really time wise a long inning. He came out and struggled the next inning too. Yep, it's a trend. interesting observation because I remember I, I didn't I wasn't watching the seventeen to six win, but I remember seeing a clip of Singa getting out to the bullpen in in the middle of one of their long innings. And luckily, the bullpen in Oakland is is in foul territory. You can basically walk just a few feet to it from the dugout. But that's an interesting thing to to observe um, for the rest of the year, especially as yeah, long innings. Does he need to stay warm? Um, I know San Francisco was cold last night and very windy. Him and a lot of the other players on the field were blowing into their hand, trying to keep their hands warm. Um, so it's just something to watch for the rest of the year. Um, his breaking stuff definitely did not look as good last night. Worth yeah, noting in that series, uh, Lindor tied his career record of seven RBIs in that first game, um, responsible for seven of those 17. Ooh. I didn't realize that. He had seven RBIs? Oh yeah, he got the grand slam and then a three-run double. I think his next at bat. Wow. Yeah. Well, the 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 Mets offense um, throughout this road trip has finally finally come alive a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, the seventeen runs in Oakland on that first day, um, and then in LA and San Francisco last night as well. But I'm glad to see Mets players hitting that we need to be hitting. Um, Nemo. Nemo's <laughs> coming alive. Pete has really started to shine. Um, and it looks like, you know, we're hitting, we're hitting the extra base hits that I, I had been asking for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just another quick, interesting note about that 17 run game is that twice in one game, we scored was it six runs in an inning with only one hit. So we scored <laughs> in, in the, so you, we scored six runs and we only got one hit in the inning. Uh, as far back as any, as they could like research while they were on air on SNY, that's never happened before. Um, it sounds like only once they could find that it happened in the same season. Uh, so it's possible that was the first uh, unique thing in baseball to happen twice in uh, in the same game. That's insane. Just that's <laughs> so absurd. <laughs> A lot of walks. A lot of walks. Sack flies, big hits. Although the home runs are, I think, what, a half of them are from Pete? So some people are coming along. He's got he's, nine on the year. Yeah. Trust me, I know. He's got it's nine of their 23, so it's no longer half, but it, okay. is, it is a large amount. It's two packs of hot dogs for me. <laughs> the, the vets are really digging into Ray's sodium intake. <sighs> I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. <laughs> Nathan's famous. We are still accepting sponsorships. Please reach out. Um, all right. So that I think wraps up our little recap of our Oakland series. We're going to take a quick break and we'll jump back with uh, a trivia question, a recap of the Dodgers series and some of our roster moves going on in this first month. Hello and welcome back from our break. Uh, we are going to jump into 
the trivia. Trivia. Trivia question. And I'm going to pass it off to Steve, who has this week's question. All right. This week's question is going to be a rare one because the answer is not going to be a New York Met. Uh, but it's inspired by Pete Alonso. He is on a fantastic home run pace at the moment. Uh, nine home runs so far in 20 games. And that will put him on pace to finish April with 13 home runs, which is one shy of the major league record for home runs through April 30th. Major league record for home runs through April 30th is 14, and it's held by four different people, all tied. And so the trivia question this week will be, who are the four people? Or we can, you know, we'll see how many you can name. All four? You'll see if you can name all four, but we will. I'll, I'll accept the first person to do it. I think would be an interesting answer, because uh, to me, to me, when you tie something, it's really the first person who did it who holds that record, and then everybody else just tied them. Uh, but let's go for. There's going to be four people: one in the American League, three in the National League. That's going to be the hint, and we'll talk about it later. But there are four people who have 14 home runs through April 30th. Pete is on just a pace just to miss it. Uh, but we'll see. He's he can surge a couple and see if he can get there. But yeah, any, other hints? any other hints? Any other uh, hints? Like, uh, are they more modern? Are they? Yeah, can we get it some years? Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I won't give years, but I'll say two of them are current, and the other two are right. certainly names that you know. All right, Definitely I think in I'm our lifetime, sure. all of them have happened within our certainly within our lifetime. I'll leave it at cool. that. Okay, I'm pretty sure I know one of them that's current. Okay. He might be a shortstop. We'll he, he he might be. I think I know one of them that was in our lifetime. Okay, all of them were in our lifetime. They've all happened cool. since the year two thousand. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll narrow down even further. You definitely know all their names. All well, right. Me and David, we might combine our guesses and all we'll right. come well, as a joint package. Well, <laughs> you guys can hold hands. We'll, we'll um, let you know at the end of the podcast we right. come to. All right. All so, right. Well, we're going to move on to some of our more our uh, our roster moves and our injuries from this past week, uh, but then we'll get back to the trivia question answer and see how close you guys get. Okay. So one of the big moves, um, well, you know, I guess an injury that maybe had existed was Carlos Carrasco, who pitched against the A's, um, and unfortunately now is not on the active roster. What about Cookie? Um. Look, yeah, I feel like he struggled early on. Was that his third start? I believe. Might have been his fourth. Maybe it was third. I think it was think three. It was, I think it was his third. And I'm hoping that this explains the high ERA and the low velocity that we saw in the first two games, or maybe like being really negative, like. He just had another bad start, and we have to frame it as something that it's not. But it just sucks that, you know, we get this hit to our starting pitching rotation. I was hoping for a lot more out of him, seeing, like, some of the other pitchers last year walk away. Well, you know, the funny thing is it was his best start yet. He finally had, like, a decent start. Even though his velocity was still down, he was able to work around that issue. And then that's when he kind of, you know, this this popped up. Um, it definitely was better. I still think he he walked a bunch and he still hit some batters as well. And it was against the Oakland A's, which you know, um, that's a good point. You know, we, you got we'll, we'll try to be realistic about it, but of course, you know, trending the right direction. Um, but you know, it is concerning that the 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 bone spurs in his elbow were the issue that he dealt with. What was it, a couple of years ago when it really kind that's of right. held him back? 
He had to get that um, surgically removed before. He got surgically removed, and he had a good he had a good run last year after that surgery. So I don't know. I hope he's not out for a significant amount of time, um, or it's something that's able to resolve quickly. But bone spurs in your throwing elbow doesn't sound like anything good that a pitcher might want. You said this was the same injury he had years ago as well that took him out from Cleveland. I think he had. I think uh, at the end of twenty twenty one. He missed the, the 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 latter end of the season with bone spurs in his elbow, um, and I think he finished the season early, if I if I recall correctly. That that sounds right to me. Um, or may, maybe he started the season on right, the IL, started, and the, yeah, yeah and then he and then he came back and struggled, but then the next year he was he, he was better. Yeah. Either way, it's it's something that is in a similar spot to a past injury, um, which is not too encouraging. And yeah, bone fragment from his right elbow in 2021. So I don't know if Not that's good. the same as yeah. a bone spur, but yeah, that doesn't sound. I hope he does all right. Um, well, yeah, in the, his our, place, our, our, I'm sorry. Yeah, our rotation is really, yeah. really getting beat up. Yeah, I was just say in his in his place. Now um, we've had to call up some other pitchers. Um, one of the guys we saw come up, I think the last game of the Oakland series was Ho- Jose Budo, Budo, Budo. I think Budo. Budo. The last time we saw him come up was, I think it was a a Phillies game last season. Yeah, we and, happened to go to that game. Yeah, and so seeing him come up, kind of felt nostalgic, or you know, it, it hit home in a different way. It was nice seeing him come up. I don't think that he had like a fabulous start, but you know, it was just what the Mets needed. I think we pulled the win out of there for the the rubber game of the sweep. Uh, yeah, that's right. We won in extra innings. Um, he didn't factor into the decision, obviously, but he pitched fantastic. Um, he's been mostly good for his entire minor league career and sometimes brilliant, but obviously that one start that we got to see him at in Philadelphia is pretty miserable. Um, we still won that game. We like, <laughs> still won that game. Still yeah. won the game. Extra innings after rain delay. I think Mark Kana had Kana had home run or two home runs. I think he had the two home runs. Yeah, monster yeah. game from him. And uh, I was I was excited to see uh, Budo come up for this game, but they sent them back down pretty quickly afterwards. He only came up, I think, because they were giving Scherzer a little bit of rest before his next start. Yeah, that's right. But after all these guys are going down, we might see him come right back up again. Yeah, since they sent him down, Carrasco's been on the IL and now Scherzer suspension. They even with Lucchese coming up, they're gonna have to have to bring him back up, it seems, to fill at least one spot start while Max is away. I was reading something um about Budo's options that he actually that he might have to stay down for like 15 days and he might not be able to be brought up like too quickly um oh i think i might know what you're talking about um i re this might be from like fantasy baseball i pulled up one of the um, tampa bay pitchers Ty something had a great start they sent them back down and they wanted to bring them back up but they said like if you get pulled up and called the call down you have like a 15 game or 20 game window where you can't come back up unless there's some kind of injury factor involved. Right. So he was able to come back up the Tampa Bay pitcher and pitch the lights out for two starts. 
So I'm happy to have him as a little gem in my fantasy baseball team. Um, yeah, I hope that he will be able to make the another spot start in in short time if we need him. Do we have other options, <laughs> miners? We have a supposedly stacked, you know, Beatty, Mauricio, all the prospects, but do we really have anyone good pitching wise? I mean, we had a really deep starting rotation depth going into the season. Um, not a lot of, none of them, not a lot of them were minor league prospects. A lot of them were major league players that we kind of had like sitting in AAA ready like for this like occurrence, but we're burning through them at this point. You know, we have uh, Quintana cookie now Scherzer suspension. Three of our starting five rotation are not available Rolander. at the moment. I'm sorry, Verlander. Jeez, four of our starting five are not available. Three of them are injured. Um, you know, Quintana for at least at least until June, July. Scherzer. I mean, um, Verlander looks like the beginning of May at this point. Uh, but yeah, our starting pitching depth is being tested. I don't know how much we've got left down there, but hopefully, uh, Lucchese and Budo um, can hold the fort while we're waiting for our guys to come back. Yeah, I, I would love for Verlander to come back and be what he is. Like when he said, oh, I'd play if this was the playoffs. He's been out <laughs> about a month. So I'm a little concerned on how real that statement is. I hope when he comes back, he's good to go. He'll be back in a few weeks at the beginning of May. That's not that long from now. That'd be great. But uh, yeah, I'm a little, uh, I hope he comes in and I mean, all of the Matt Max uh, Scherzer sat out a couple games right before the getting sus- suspended. I think just maybe it's good. Give him an extra couple days of rest. Like fine. It's not the craziest. We're playing the nationals. Let him, let him skip a start. I definitely agree. But um, before this week, I feel like that wasn't really a conversation to have because we did have the depth. And now that, you know, we're getting down to crunch zone with pitchers, I think that might accelerate his return because he's not young. And as much as you do want him back, you know, is he going to like get an easy walk in Oakland? It would have been nice to see him in L.A., but that might have been too hard of a team to throw him at against with the upcoming games that we're about to see, like maybe that's a good fit for him to start, you know, get him in against Washington, who is not really the biggest threat where we could rely on our bats who have been alive. So, you know, give him a little bit of cushion in his first start back, even San Francisco, but I don't think that they're going to rush him. Like no way that he's going to get up for the next two games, but maybe seeing him in the Washington series is a factor, even if it's like an inning or two. Yeah. I was just saying, if he could have played, if this was the playoffs, why are you sitting out a month? Like, I, this is not the playoffs now. Like, I guess we have the time, but like, why didn't you say he's injured? Like, that's the way I see, it, and that's where I'm like questioning. Like, it's not the playoffs. We're not at the end of September. We don't really need him, but yeah, we are burning through people. Like, it would be if he really could play, and he's like, oh, I'm just being precautionary. Everyone's injured. Like, maybe now's the time to. Jump back in. Baseball's a long season. We're only in the first month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that, um, yes, our, our pitching depth is being tested, but we do have the depth. And I think all of these roster moves and the IL moves and, you know, I think, you know, Buck and Epler are, are really good at kind of hiding what's really going on and who's injured or who's just getting a break. Um, like, we, again, we have, I mean, with all the people out either suspended or injured, 
we have, it feels like, eight eight or nine major league-ready starting pitchers. Um, and that was always the plan going in. You know, it's something we have to deal with with the, the, the age of our pitchers. Um, but, yeah, I think as regards to Verlander or anyone, like, who really knows what this injury is, um, right? Like, Tim LaCastro was just sent to the 10-day IL with back spasms. Um, you know, apparent, apparently he had back spasms. And to me, that felt like a move that was like, all right, Tim, we need you on this team. Um, but we need to bring Beatty up right now. So yeah, you're going to have to go on the IL for a little bit. We'll, you'll have you back in a little bit. Someone will get hurt. We'll figure it out. Um, so, you know, there's some, there's some part of it that's a little bit shaky. But, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do to make the roster moves and to give people the appropriate amount of rest they need. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. I don't really know what the deal is with any of our pitchers other than some are not playing and some are. No, you're, you're absolutely correct because remember when we did the episode before the season started, one of our, we thought our issue was pitching depth. Like we have five starters. We have three people minimum ready to go and we have people coming off the IL. So, you know, I guess like it's a problem of necessity or, you know, it, it's not a bad problem to have. Because they are forecasted to come back relatively soon, right? I, I think. Um, well, another player who is hurt but is not playing is Starling Marte, who's not on the IL but has been out for a number of days and games. Yeah, he 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 left in I think the eighth or ninth inning of a game in uh, LA, and he hasn't been back since. Uh, neck stiffness, they're calling it. Um, he's day to day. He's not like you said. He's not on the IL yet. Um, but he's another one. And I think this goes through with the pitchers is that we're winning right now. There's no rush to bring these guys back. Um, let them get healthy. Let them be there for the long run. It's a long season. These guys are on the older side, um, but we have the depth and we have the ability to soldier through these injuries um, and, you know, keep it going. Obviously it's frustrating to watch like, Nito and Escobar take these like automatic out at bats. Um, Fam has been good so far as a backup outfielder. Can has been struggling a bit, but I, I do think that with the flexibility that McNeil gives us too, to have someone in the outfield, extra person in the outfield who can hit, um, there's no need to rush Marte, um, even though it's nice to have him in the lineup. That's fair enough. We're winning. And <laughs> if it'd be one thing, if we were, 10 games back already and need to start making moves to keep up We're we're winning games. And that's, that's a fair point that we really, as long as the season is we're we got to make the playoffs, which is all you need is to win the division or to make the wild card and we're winning games. And that's really all that matters at this point. Yeah. I'd rather see him. I'd rather see him in September than in April. But right. I mean, listen, we made the playoffs last year and we had our big guys ready to go. Um, and they couldn't get the job done in October, which you know makes me a little paranoid that it might be the same as much rest as we can give Verlander and Scherzer this year that they can't perform when we need them to. Um, you know, and I listen, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Verlander is not the best postseason performer. We'll, you know, I'm, I'm having my, my anxious Mets thoughts. Um, but I just hope it's all worth it. I hope they really can show us what they're made of in October. I think it's hard with that like moniker of like not a good postseason player, especially for pitchers. I know Kershaw has like held that for a lot of his career that he's this dominant pitcher, but can't do it in the playoffs. 
couple of things. I feel a it's a long season, right? By October, pitchers are tired a lot of the time, and not to say that's the case for these guys, like specifically, but they're they're tired. Um, and also, it's a very small sample size, right? Like you're facing that batters who are the elite batters now, right? Like if you're only facing elite teams in the playoffs um, and pitching gets beat up every once in a while, even, you know, they say good pitching beats good hitting, but sometimes good hitting beats good pitching, you know, Um, in a small sample size, you get seven starts. Like, yeah, four of them are bad. It's going to shine in when you're in the playoffs. Like everybody's going to be like, Oh, he's terrible. Four out of his seven playoff starts are bad, but it, it's a tough time to just judge pitchers based on that one start, even though it's might be the biggest start. I have a segue. Um, here is a pitcher. Can you guess the pitcher that has a World Series ERA of zero point two five and is currently on waivers? Don't do it. Thirty three years old. <laughs> Thirty three. That's not old at all. That's he not must, old he at must all. have so much gas left. His arm might be forty five, but he's <laughs> brain is thirty three. Madison Bumgarner was designated for assignment by the Diamondbacks. Wait. Yes, he has a ten point two five ERA on the season. Wait, wait. Did you just say Madison Bumgarner is thirty three years old? That that's correct. That can't be. He's not, I, he's not I, I that said, young. I said his brain is thirty three years old, but his uh, his arm his arm is a lot older than that. Oh man, I thought I could have pegged him for being like, it's thirty five, thirty eight. The man looks at least forty if you look at pictures of him. It, I I don't I, listen. <laughs> I like Mad Bum. I love mm-hmm. Mad Bum. I, you know, I grew up, you know, I feel like he was a big part of like my teenage years of watching baseball, the like great even numbered years of the Giants back in the day when they just seemed to. He, what do you mean, teenage? He's our age. Number year. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's a little, he's a little <laughs> older than us, but yeah, not much. <clears throat> um, He's been pitching since what? 19? He's been pitching yeah. since? He was in the major since 19. Since he was that yes. Obviously, he's been pitching his whole life, like all major league pitchers have. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't wasn't specific enough, David. <laughs> <laughs> he's been pitching in the major leagues since he was 19 years old in 2009, if I'm being unclear. <laughs> um, um, I, I don't think the Mets are in a position that they need to sign him. I mean, if, you know, Moneybag Steve wants to go out and sign him, I think it's just to, you know, get a player with some accolades on the team because that never hurts. You know, somebody that has postseason experience, even if it hasn't been in a while. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think that we need him. Wait, if he was DFA, does that mean the Dimex are paying his contract? That's right. Ah. <laughs> I was definitely half joking about signing him, but not for nothing. It really doesn't look like he has much of an injury history. I know for the last like four years, his ERA has been like four and a half plus, and he really hasn't been pitching great. Maybe he is just, you know, that's a large enough sample size, three, four years. He maybe he really doesn't have it, but I mean, he really doesn't. He, I don't know. Maybe our offense could pick it up. We can. I, I don't think we need him. I think at this point, yeah, there's no point in signing him. Like, fine, let someone else get him, but like, I don't know. He, he's out there. He has a pedigree. He's he's been around a while. Like it's not, it's I, not the craziest. Dimebacks, no no money there. I think he's a boomer bus player with exclamation more on the bust. 
Like there's been a couple starts because like I've been following him in my fantasy baseball league for a f- few years, trying to stream him. It's always like that one start where he does well and like he'll show you that he still has it. But then there's the next four or five where he he definitely is off. Maybe he's one of those players, you know, like o- almost like a Terrence Gore, but uh, but for pitching where we just <laughs> we just sign him just for the playoffs and we just slot him in when we need him for a few innings. Um, because he somehow engages. Didn't the Nationals do something like that with like was it Strasburg? I don't know who I'm thinking of. Where they turned him into like a middle reliever, and like he started off as like he started his career off as like a monster starter, and then he just lost the gas. But he came in in like the playoffs as a clutch middle reliever. Oh my god, who is that player? I know exactly who you're talking about. Was it not Strasburg? No, Tim Lincecum. No, no? Him, I don't think played. He was on the Nationals nineteen team. I'm thinking it might be Tim. I think I'm thinking of Lincecum, Tim Lincecum for the Giants when they had those World Series runs. I think Lincecum was a starter for those. Didn't he, Lincecum come up as a starter and then like have a couple injuries? I think a Daniel Hudson maybe. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to you. That's, we'll, that's we'll my we'll trivia have to deep dive into this. And that's see. next week's trivia question. Start your research now. <laughs> Um, what other what other roster moves and uh, issues have we made? If unless we we have more to talk about, uh, Madison Bumgarner. No, we, I think oh, that we brought up Beatty. We tried out. Well, there we go. We we started talking about Alvarez at the end of last week, and he just didn't do so hot. But the Mets made room for Beatty to come up because he just proved his case that he needs to get his time up here. And not bad, not great, but you know. Consistent, need, I think. He needs some more. He needs some more playing time as well. And it's, it's been hard to see Eduardo Escobar still in the lineup every day with his 110 batting average. Um, you got a home run the other night. He did have a home run last night, but it's yeah, it's still feeling like it's not enough. Yeah, absolutely. I was <laughs> looking at the TV. I was like, okay, like this is just going to solidify Beatty's spot. Then the ball goes over the wall. I think it was left field. I'm like, God, Nathan's here I come. I think that like I like from a baseball per- like from an actual winning the games perspective what they're doing with it like Escobar hits lefties better than he hits righties and Beatty is lefty and he's struggled in the small sample size against lefties but from like a player development standpoint Beatty's here he needs to start every day in my opinion and I think that takes precedent for our um you know current situation I think you just got to let Beatty play every day and be damned what happens with his lefties bat-bats. Do you feel the same way about Alvarez? Yes. I think Alvarez needs to play every day for what a catcher does. Like, you know, catchers don't play every every day, but I think he needs to play consistently more. Um, I think they had know, him come in as a pinch runner for Vogelback the other day. They really, and I missed that. I, I think that was like a double play to end the game where we lost to LA, maybe? And like, I just saw... I know Vogelback was up at that. I saw Alvarez at first. I'm like, this is confusing. And it was like a bad bloop like to to second base and it got uh, turned into a double play. But I was actually happy to see like, okay, at least you got him on first to get some like base running experience. He needs he needs practice in all aspects of the game, not just catching and hitting. That's true. He needs to be an all around player. <clears throat> he does have a pinch running. Yep. You're correct. Damn. Wow. That's a call, right? 
Um, I don't watch all the games, but when I do, you notice. Right, so, um, move on to the, the Dodger series. We went over after our our sojourn in uh, the Oakland Colise unnamed Coliseum. The we went to L.A. into Dodger Stadium, the unsponsored just L.A. the Dodger Stadium, uh, for a really nice uh series. We won two out of three from the reigning. And NL West champions, they won 100 plus games last year. They're the most winning team in the National League, and we went in there and took a series. Yeah, we did a great job. I mean, the first game was a lot of fun. It was back and forth till the end. Um, some home runs. Yeah, the first first game of the series. Um, of course, the second game, Kershaw just absolutely dominated, like Clayton Kershaw does, especially awesome. against the Mets. Yeah, Kershaw became, got his 200th win against us. Um, I think he's the second lowest ERA of anybody who has 200 wins plus now. Um, he is the first Dodger to get 200 wins. Uh, it, yeah, he, he's been great for our whole lifetime. And as annoying as it is to see him pitch against, well, against the Mets, he's a fantastic pitcher. And it's cool to see that curveball come out. Yeah. And then that last game of the series, um, finally, the Mets see Noah Syndergaard. Not in a Mets uniform. Um, it took him he couldn't dodge three us forever. It took him three teams. Ah, because finally the Dodgers, but it could not dodge us. It took him three teams, you know, through the Angels and the Phillies, both of both of which the Mets played against during his tenure on those teams. Not only did they play against them, he was scheduled to start against us in for both those teams, and his start got mysteriously pushed back. Somehow, somehow he needed more rest just in time. Um. And I think on both of those on both of those starts, he wasn't even they weren't even at City Field. I think they were also at home for his respective teams, which is just it's just kind of annoying. But I think you're right actually about that. But you know he pitched well. He pitched like he pitched. I think he had a scoreless game into the fourth or the fifth when Nimmo hit a two run home run off of him. Um, so he pitched. He Nimmo was also super hot that day. He he went five for five um, to help the Mets win even in lieu of a a Max Scherzer rejection. And um, an interesting note about Syndergaard is his velocity is way down from uh, when he was a Met. And yet he was, he's still able to be effective, which is, I guess, good for him. But um, yeah, I think he might've been doing, he might've been um, adjusting just some of his mechanics as he's, you know, as maybe his, uh, his velocity is not there. So he's trying to focus on other parts of pitching. Um you know, it's, maybe he's trying to shorten his stride. Ninety-two, which is his fastball is only at ninety-two during that game. It, it, that's his average for the season. He's averaging okay. ninety-two on his fastball, which is what was his average when he was with the Mets? Wasn't he like throwing was, like ninety-eight? 99? I think it was over. Ni- his average was over ninety-nine. I think that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, well, he's not young anymore, but I mean, I don't know if it's if he's really working on his location. I mean, he had a good game. Um, but yeah, he still has a slow, slow stride to the mound. I'm sure people are stealing off of him a lot. Well, another former Met that's having a slow start, Zach Wheeler. Um, I traded my good friend Steve over here for Zach Wheeler, and he's not really having the same start that he had years ago. And I feel kind of similar to Syndergaard is that you know, a trend as players get older, does their velocity start dipping and they start focusing more on command? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Bartolo Cologne yeah. to name one. 
That was to throw 100 miles an hour and then slowly became a command pitcher over time. As we talked about in that game, uh, Max also got ejected. And uh, one thing we didn't talk about, and uh, but Nimmo went five for five, which is his first five hit career, five game, five hit game in his career. The second, his second, I think his second five hit game. Second, man. yeah, he he was interviewed after he remembered the first one, which was in. Like he, he made a he made a career out of like walks and getting on base, but did he realize that it's a little bit more fun doing it with the bat? <laughs> That's right. Um, he can. He'll actually produce more, and he'll knock in some runs, and he can even hit one over the wall. He seems like he just got bored of walking. He's like, "Why don't I just swing this thing in my hands?" And <laughs> he's doing great. Well, he never walked. He always ran. That, he always ran. That, that, that's that's a good point. Yeah, walk might have been what they called it on the stat line, but he ran. He ran every time. Um, Did it, like yeah. triple? He legged out the other day. Like he he was starting hustle already, and then immediately like they misplayed it in the field. He got a triple out of it. Like that's. What hustling? That's Fundy's one on one. Fundy's. So yeah, in the past week, I mean, Nimmo has been batting five seventeen with a one point three thirteen OPS. Um, in addition to some fantastic plays in the field where he's diving all over, he's making running catches at the wall. Saving he's the really been us. showing. He's really been showing his uh his new contract. Nimmo Nimmo might be the only player who plays better after receiving his contract and not in his contract year. He's just such a good boy. He was he was rewarded big time with his money that he's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it worth it and show everyone what I'm I feel worth. like that's the first time I'm ever seeing that. It's yeah. just like here's a big contract and boom, IL 60 days. <laughs> so current some notes about Nimmo. Currently uh he's second in the league in war, uh F war specifically. He and among people who have only played center field this year you know, not including the part-time center fielders among center, full-time center fielders. He's first in war first in hits first in walks first in average first in outs above average second in OPS and second in weighted runs created. Plus he's having a fantastic offensive and defensive time in center field and is showing why he's worth the money and one of the best center fielders in baseball right now. I believed in him since day one. <laughs> I was very happy he's, to give him the contract. Also, he is batting 368. He's fourth in the majors in Ooh. batting average. So, damn. Good My season. Word. It's, maybe he'll catch up to Araya Ar- 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 soon. Well, Araya is batting well. 438 currently, leading the majors <laughs> in batting average. That's so. disgusting. That's absolutely disgusting. Net killer. Um, but of course, you know, who else has been having a fantastic past couple of weeks or a fantastic April? Um, is Pete, who we've mentioned already a little bit. Um, some nine home runs? Nine, nine home runs, runs already in, in this month. Um, but, but that's not even like the half of it. What's his? What's the rest of his stat line? Um, so since, since uh, at least the last week when we've been, uh, since the last time we talked, he's batting 345. He's got a 1067 OPS with three home runs. Um, what's his, his, his batting average is close to 300 now, right? 286. It's pretty damn good. Great for a power hitter. Um, he's not striking out a ton. His on-base percentage is 375. He's looking really, really good. Um, his at-bats are looking a lot better. He's going down to get that breaking ball. Um, he's know he's knowing where he can hit, and he's taking the pitches that he knows he knows he can't hit. Um, he's really making me eat a lot of my words that I've said about him in the past because he's just improved. It feels like well, day after day, he's just looking so much better every day. Right. Our, our lineup looks a lot better than it did in the Milwaukee series. 
this yeah. I think this is the lineup that we all envisioned when the season started. And I'm just very happy to see them producing like this because this is what I felt like everybody should be doing and can be doing. We're looking real good. Um, all right. So going forward, you know, we're we're going to continue our series against San Francisco. It seems like we've got a couple of uh, spot starts coming up. Going to be Lucchese and some mystery starting pitchers to fill out the rotation while Scherzer is out. Uh, after San Francisco, we're coming back home to play the Nationals for three games and then going right back on the road, I think. We're only still at home for a three-game series. No, but uh, Nationals yeah. and uh, Atlanta. No, Atlanta's home for a four-game series. Atlanta, oh, Atlanta's coming here. So, okay, so we got a seven-game homestand then coming up. Uh, but, you know, the immediate week before we talk to you next time, and that's we'll be playing San Francisco for three and the Nationals for three as well. That's um, right. Can we get an update on the hot dog count, Ray? Uh, I feel sick even just thinking about it. <laughs> um, I think it was at 20, and then last night's game put it up to 23. Hey, like, wh- one more. 24? 24. So there's there's 24 home runs that the Mets have hit on the season, nine of them thanks to Alonso because he he wants to see me in cardiac arrest. <laughs> um, I haven't hit that number. I'm at 18. All right. Uh, I'm at 18. I've had a couple of dirty water dogs off the street. Mm. Um, few Nathans at home. I've honestly uh, started a side quest, I feel like, in this endeavor. I'm trying to eat a hot dog in sub 15 seconds. And my <laughs> best time is 25 seconds at this moment. And they've all been loaded with toppings. And I don't know if that plays a factor. That definitely I might have to call my friend Joey Chestnut and see like what his strategy is. He dips them but- in water. Get that I bun, don't want to do that. that I, the bun I, soggy, so you can slide them right down his throat. I, I feel I think you should enjoy your hot dogs, Ray. I think that it, this is a, a should be a pleasure quest for you, and you should like revel in it. I don't. I, I feel like you know you do you obviously, but you should enjoy it. Well, like I was uh, saying to David earlier, it's a long baseball season. Mm-hmm. We're just in the first month, so you know, right? April might be like my speed run month, and then like. May will be like my gourmet month. I, I think you should try all the varieties. Listen, you're going to have to eat hundreds of hot dogs this season. I think you should experiment with different flavors, different toppings. You can chop them up. You can put them in pastas. You can put them in mm. You can put them in milkshakes. I don't know. You can do whatever. I don't know about a milkshake. Whoa, that's crazy. But, you know, pasta <laughs> brings me back to being a kid. You know, chop up some hot dogs and throw it in that Kraft mac and cheese, that blue box. Oh, that was, that was a family favorite. You ever had, I had like, hot dog ice food? cream once, actually. Um, it was interesting, not that bad. <laughs> kind of weird to have hot dogs and ice cream together, but a, okay. I wouldn't have it a again. Whole hot dog in your ice cream, or is it just like a, a hot dog pieces? It had a nice, like burnt, mm-hmm. salty got it, got bit it. to it. So good. I appreciated it being a sample. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. There were some hot dogs that I used to eat straight raw out of the, out of the fridge when I was a kid. Not like Nathan's or like Sabret, like because those are kind of good. More like the um, probably like the chicken dogs, like the ballpark Franks or yeah. those like completely processed ones. Yeah, I was savage as a kid. You can just keep trying them out. I mean, and listen, there's there's hot dogs in many types of cuisine as well. 
You know, I, I just passed a Korean hot dog stand. You can get them breaded with potato. Mm-hmm. In Peruvian food, you have salchi papas where they chop them up with French fries. You have hot a lot of options. If you're going to a Chinese bakery. Get a hot dog bun, right? You, there's many things you can do, Ray. A lot of options. We're, we're still early in the season. Early in the season. Not even a month in. I got time. Once the like, summer months come out, like I think I'm going to start experimenting and trying to become like a hot dog gourmand. All right, now that we've got that uh, hot dog update from Ray, we can go in and answer our trivia uh, question for the uh, week. Is that was that an extra hot dog that you just ate, Ray? Was that that part? No, the, the water's boiling. I think I'm going to do one tonight. All right. <laughs> Put a dent well, into just it. Just need to down. Tally. Um, all right, so just a reminder, the trivia question is – the that Pete Alonso is coming up on thir- he's average gonna he's on pace to hit 13 home runs by the end of April. Uh, the record is 14 and it is shared by four people one in the American League and three in the National League. And who are those four people that have a share of the April of the home run record by April 30th? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give bonus points if you get the first person to do it as well. Um, I think that me and David are going to combine our answers. I actually have four answers on my own. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> wow. I thought that I had so a friend. I, I thought I had I, some camaraderie. I wrote down a different one. I'm I'm going to go with. You can't use mine. Yeah, I, I won't use. Because I'm pretty sure about that. I'm pretty okay, so then, sure. All right, you, you go first. I'll go no, after. No, no. Right. Go first, Ray. Go first. Well, uh, why don't you give one? We'll, 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 go, we'll go a couple by couple. All right. uh, my definite, I think, is Trevor Story. All right, Trevor Story is definitely wrong. What? I thought <laughs> that he got that. So that's what I'm saying. He had I that insane start to the season start. a couple of years ago, his rookie season. I remember what you're talking about. Um, but no, he did not. He did not get to 14 by the end of April. Well, right. then I have nobody. Oh, I'm well. gonna go with one. Then I'm gonna go with A Rod. A Rod is correct. He's the American League one. Wow. He is, he's the second one to do it. Um, and I'll give you a further hint. He did it one year after the first person to do it. Oh, so he was not the first person to do it. He was not the first. He was the second person okay. to do it. He did it one year after the first person, and the rest of them are National League guys. Okay. Okay. My guess. This is this is from deep in the recesses of my my childhood baseball mind, because uh, I remember he hit thirty. I think by the end of May, or something crazy like this, or thirty by the end of of June or something. Derek Lee on the Cubs. Derek Lee is incorrect. Oh, okay. And he definitely didn't hit 30 by May because the record that, for May is that'd be crazy. 30 by May, 20, would actually 28 by Barry Bonds. Um, all right, what, what do you what do you, what do you got, David? I'll go with Harper since you said Arod was the sec a year after. My other guesses I feel like are not correct, so I'll go with Bryce Harper. Uh, Bryce Harper is incorrect. Well, the the other two people I did it much more recently, and they actually. I'll give another big hit. The other two, other than the first person, the other two did it both in 2019. Oh, oh, in that big year. Yeah, 2019 is when everybody hit home runs. I like, yeah. So I'm gonna say Cody Bellinger in 2019. Cody Bellinger is correct. Okay, that's two. He's having a he's having a resurgence of a season to yeah, this year. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. I'm happy for him. I liked him. But a Chicago's lot. looking good. Um, and he kind of fell off the. the it was wisdom. I, I picked up wisdom for this fantasy team. Uh, wisdom is crazy right now. Was it Yelich also in 2019? Yelich is also correct. 2019. Wow. Good, good memory. Is that yeah. when they had it was because they won MVPs in back to back years, and then there yes. was a whole belly yelly like, yep. who do you like yep. more? And did Bellinger win in 19 MVP? I think Bellinger 19 and 
Yelich in twenty. National League early on was not no not Bonds. It was it was the National League and it was one year before A Rod did it. And yeah. I'll give you the year A Rod did it. That should I think that'll get you to the answer. A Rod did it in 07. So the the National 06. League person did it in 08. Uh, no six. I'm sorry. 06. Uh, uh not like Beltron. Pujols. Oh, Albert there Pujols. It is. Oh, Pujols. Yeah, Albert nice. Pujols. So j- just to I recap, got one. I got one. In order of when they hit when they hit their 14 home runs, it is Albert Pujols. Alex Rodriguez and then Cody Bellinger and Yelich for the tie for 2019. Who who else finished off his career last season, right? That is correct. Uh, what, and, what, what was, what his a career total was. he luckily got to finish his career with the Cardinals? Um 501? No, it was like 701. 701. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he had over 700 home runs. Um, 703. Good for him. Yeah, great for him. I'm happy for him. Um, was he a lifelong Cardinal? No, no, he spent no. <laughs> a bunch of years with with uh, the Angels. Um, he he stayed in red his whole career. I'll give him that. No, he went to the Dodgers for like a like a oh, half season. Half half season. He was he traded was to the Dodgers, right? He was traded. Yeah. yeah, that's not his fault. That was a weird <laughs> thing I noticed in my fantasy team the other day. I was looking at the hats of the players. I'm like, oh, I have like blue players and I have red players. I feel like it's very subjective. But well, what about yeah. the green players? Come on. No one has yeah, any like that's why the green players are going to Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Be gold, black and gold. Interesting. Well, keep the gold. Just change the green out. That's right. Um, well, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Um, as always, if you have any fan mail, hate mail, questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at foolishlyfaithfulmetspot at gmail.com. Um, and for Ray, David, and Steve. I'm Eric signing off, and we will see you next week. Let's go. Signing off from Seattle. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. Guten Tag, everybody.